I'm your host, Jake Wald, and this is another weekly a podcast of this season four, episode four. And my wonderful co-host Dawn is away once again, so we want to keep her in your prayers. And we also like to thank all our podcast listeners for taking the time out to listen to us or whatever social media program platform you may have. Any sermon-related questions, so please contact us via text my podcast, 954-388-8780. And you can also subscribe to PlantationSCA.tv for our channel. And guess who we have today? I'm, ta- I'm talking like I have a co-host. <laughs> we have the, I like to call her the end time evangelist. And, but she's better known as wifey. And as a church, they know as Elder Dion Walden. Welcome, sweetheart. Thank nice you to- for having me. Good to see you. <laughs> Welcome again. I think what, this is your fourth time now. Um, I think it's more Tell than four. I think, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no I think we're, we're north of, we're, we're north of four. Yes. Yeah, my, yeah, maybe, maybe double, like, uh, six or seven. Yeah, you're getting there. Don't worry. You start to become a regular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good thing. Um, as we always start this, uh, before we get, uh, started with the, uh, podcast program, let's get started with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you once again for all you've done for us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for uh, letting us have the altar to your heart, Lord. Having, having our altar in our heart for you, Lord. Continue to bless um, for the podcast and the components that make things possible. Let the word go forth to whoever it may go to. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay. Well, I want before we get started, I want to thank all the speakers of the 10 Days of Prayer. Um, back to the altar, uh, starting off with our brother Fred, El, Fred Tony, uh, the nice young little lady, what's her name, Tashana? Tashana um, Thompson. Th- thank you. Uh, Pastor Rose, Noah Rose, of course, uh, Elder Barbara Samuels, Elder Angela Smith, Pastor Jennifer Hernandez, and of course, the one and only, Elder Dion Walden. Thank you so much for just giving us enlightenment for each and every speaker on what they talked about on Back to the Altar. Um, I, I like your sermon when you congratulated everybody. That was wonderful of you to do that. Um, from the praise singers, to the media, to the uh, visual arts, um, Addie, Melissa, people that, that really got behind the scenes and made things possible. So I wanna thank you for that. So yeah, let's not mission. forget as you were itemizing. So let's not forget the media ministry. Linda, oh, no, the media. Okay. Big love media. Definitely can't do this. Forget with them. Um, <laughs> thank you anyway. Your title, Worship and the Three Angels Message. My question on that one is, why is the Three Angels Message so vital for the Seventh-day Adventist Christians? It is... Um, it is entrenched in uh, the our statement of faith. It is the fundamental to what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the three angels' message is um, it's so critical. So as you saw, how I um, recapped because well, first of all, thank you for having me, and um, thanks to your audience for listening to Deeper Dive. I do listen. I think this is a blessed ministry, Amen. and that it, um, it's just something that we need, especially in a time like this. So last year in our 10 days of prayer series, 
we um, did the three angels messages and I was privileged to speak on the three angels messages and prayer. And so this year, this year, 10 days of prayer theme back to the altar, the anchor of, um, well, I believe it was day eight, the three angels messages and uh, worship. And so the three angels messages is who we are, some of the Adventists. Um, I was smiling because while I was sitting in the sanctuary in one of our nightly meeting, mm-hmm. we have this, the on the back screen of there on the podium, the three tr- trumpets that yeah. signify. We have it in our logo. I'm actually looking at the logo right yes, now yes. to see the cross <laughs> and the three angels messages. So that's for us. We are known as the end time people of God, the remnant of God to proclaim the three angels messages. This Mm -hmm. is the message of the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. So this is really salvation. It's about um, winning souls for Christ, but it's also to proclaim to the world that Jesus Christ came. He died. He gave his life for us, the good news, and that he's coming back again. And that's the most important a message we could evangelize to the world, a a message of hope, a message Mm -hmm. of redemption, a message of salvation, a message of freedom. It is is everything. All the doctrines that we um, preach, all the Mm -hmm. dogmas that we developed, it's really an an outgrowth or output from the three angels' messages. Amen. You had so much to say, <laughs> man, you had so much to say about that. And every one that was poignant. Um, but what stood out to me is you talked about making prayer a heavenly umbilical cord. That, that's just <laughs> wonderful. Now, explain that some more. That was so, as I was writing my sermon, that it just comes. It just comes. It's, I have that kind of, I think God has gifted me some time with words, poetic words. So mm-hmm. when I think about um just something that would paint a picture anchor a picture i think about a mother giving nourishment to her unborn child and wow. through the umbilical cord and so when i think about prayer we it, it is the sustenance that we get from god it is yeah. it is the nourishment we get from god and so i just really from that analogy is to really see prayer as that lifeline. It is that, you know, unbroken lifeline that really nourishes us. To know the will of God, we must pray. To know the the mind of God, we must be in prayer. And so it is so critically essential for the people of God, especially to proclaim the three angels' messages, to Mm -hmm. be in constant prayer and having that constant lifeline with Jesus Christ. Christ. So for me, the, the 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 perfect analogy I could come up in that moment is to see um, prayer being that umbilical cord, you know, from heaven to earth for those who are seeking God, for those who want to be nourished by God, for those who want to be illuminated by God in God's word, for those who want the power to impart God's word. So it is that lifeline, everlasting umbilical cord that we have to sustain us. Amen. Amen. That's definitely vital. Uh, you mentioned about the uh, worship will be the center stage of the final conflict. And you were saying that one was the worshipers of God, the creator, and then the worshipers of the dragon. And then you said there's going to be two groups left. Talk about that a little bit more. So 
so it's critically important for the people of God. It, it all began with worship. So mm-hmm. worship is, uh, as you, you put it, the center stage. It is really the nucleus of the gospel. It is, um, we were created to worship. Right. That's what God created us to worship. We were the crowning act of his creation. And in that Edenic stage, that was the communion he had with Adam and Eve when he came in the cool of the day. I could just imagine him coming in the cool of the day and communing with them and them sharing their chores for the day. It wasn't laborious or anything, but to really have that face-to-face communion. And it was a part of worship. Worship is, is a lifestyle. It's everything we do. It's breathing holiness. That's worship. And so it has been the center of the great controversy. Mm-hmm. So as we talk, go back at the three angels messages that the three angels messages is to fear God in Revelation 14 verses six to 12. We they, it, it, it speaks about the first angel, second angel and the third angels messages. And so in Revelation um, 14 verse six, it says, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the seas and the, uh, the seas and the springs of water. Right. And that is so critically important because worship will be the determining factor for the two groups of people, as you alluded to earlier, the mm-hmm. ones, the true worshipers, the loyal worshipers of God and the loyal worshipers of the beast. And so even with the, the, the three angels messages and the prophecy that with this message that they, 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 the Lord has given his church to go and to proclaim with a loud voice, there's yeah. a rival, there is a rival gospel that the beast that I alluded to in Revelation 13 and Revelation 12, that there is a beast power that's going to have its own gospel to rival because it said the whole world wander off, wandered off after this beast and yeah. will worship this beast. So worship is a choice that we have to make. It is a choice in the sense that there will be no um, neutrality. There will be no neutral zone. You're either on God's side or you're either on the beast side. That mm-hmm. is the determining factor for Christians. And especially now we're seeing where there is the, the rival gospel that it counterfeits God, the, the true, true, true worship. So it, it, it is defiling. All right, mm-hmm. it's seducing. It 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 is 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 deceiving. There's so many things to it, and this is what we're seeing as we go back to the altar with the different kind of altars that people are worshiping. People, are, it, it it is, it is um sometimes it is veiled, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're thinking that you're 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 serving God, but you're you're it's 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 a misaligned or a mis guided way of worship, you know, uh-huh. where some people are thinking, you know, to be spiritual or you talk about the universe and they say, I'm just spiritual. You know, I can just pick anything and I can just worship anything. I, um, there's nothing wrong with me, um, doing some kind of, um, chanting or certain things that, you know, I would find like, you know, it's a religious practice, but the Bible out- outlines that he said, we should put no other gods before him. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at biblical principle and look at the way to worship, because we have the Bible and it's the Bible, as I talked about, about the soul of scriptura, the Bible and the Bible alone. So if you look at the true worship, how God wants his people to worship and to have communion, he said, they that worship me, worship me in spirit and in truth. We mm-hmm. recognize that 
the world is offering offering a gospel. And I didn't speak too much of that about moral relativism, where everything is fluid. So a man can choose today to say, okay, this was truth, but tomorrow this is going to be another truth, another version of my truth. And this is where the lie, where the enemy comes in and he sows these seeds in philosophy, in ideology. And so people start to create their own religion, but it is a rival religion. and, And even though they may think it's their individual religion or they may believe in some kind of religious belief that is not aligned with the Bible. It is still falls under the beast worship. Yeah. It's still So there's just one true worship when you worship God in spirit and in truth. But you will maybe have a splinter, a whole plethora of version of man's worship, like deifying himself. You have people who, you know, pay homage to themselves. They build altars to themselves because they think, okay, I'm so successful. You know, I'm so popular. People are drawn to me. They, they, you know, to get to that point where, you know, they're self-actualized and, you know, they have following, for example, you have um, the social media like Facebook or, or, or Instagram, where you have someone have how many million followers. And after yeah, a while they get yeah. like, okay, this is very important. It is also a form of worship. And so what, that's what the beast, but there's a real power and a system. And this beast system, it rivals the true gospel. It is a religious political power that is backed also by the world secular and political power and powers. So it is a system that rivals God that, you know, the Bible tells us in, in Daniel that it, it seeks to change the times and the laws of God. And I can't really get into all of this, but the three yeah. angels messages talks about fearing God, the creator, this message, this rival message, rival gods in that they, they discredit God for being the creator. Yes. And they uh, uh, merit evolution as that we were evolved or the big bang theory that we just came about. There was no design to the world. It just came about through a big bang. So all of these are permutations or um, permutations of the rivaling of the gospel. So that is why the Sabbath is so important because in the three angels messages, it it is the only, the first part of the message refers to the seventh day Sabbath as God, as creator. So you can see a lot of things in that. I don't want to get into that, but I hope this answers answers your, your question as it relates to worship. It, it does more than I know you said the LNG White spoke more about the third angel's message in relative to one and two. And she yes. spoke about that more uh, on that as well. Um, I, I, well, she talked about that, you know, uh, so if you it, it, it is a sequential message. So mm-hmm. if you don't re- re- believe the first, then you go to the second and then the third that right. he was like saying that they will suffer the wrath of God, because here it is that you're asking. And really and truly, when you look at it, um, I think it was Ellen White. It is, you know, the first angel's message. It's really not us because the true believer believers are going to worship God anyway. It's really for yeah. unbelievers. So right. that is what we as believers are called to proclaim, to evangelize to the world for those who are unbelieving, that there is still time, that even though judgment, God's judgment is going on, the investigative judgment that we as Seventh-day Adventists teach about a pre-advent judgment before the executive judgment, which Mm -hmm. comes after the millennial, that we have this 
awesome opportunity to partner with Jesus, to warn the world, to come out. As he said, Babylon is fallen. Come out of her, my people, to warn. And that is why it's so important now, especially in a time where people are living in a sense of hopelessness. They look living in a vacuum of depression and, and just everything, just the political upheaval, economic upheaval, you know, just every cultural revolution and war and tension. People mm -hmm. are looking for something other than what their political leaders are given to them, what their jobs are given, what, you know, you know, they're looking for something more meaningful, more deep, and they're looking towards the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that is the only, only panacea to what the world is experiencing right now, to what people needs right now. They need hope. And the only yeah. hope comes from the word of God. And it comes from that wonderful three angels messages that, you know, fear God, give glory to him for the hour of his judgment. And judgment is not a bad thing for the saints of God. It's vindication for us. Yes, it's yeah. a judgment is rendered in favor of the saints of God. So for us, who are in Christ, we have nothing to worry about because not only will we be vindicated, God's reputation will be vindicated because mm -hmm. he will reign supreme and the enemy would stand condemned and judged. So you're looking at a time where God is coming with the three angels message when Jesus returned and the earth is purged and made new that there's nothing no no sin no sickness no death no depression no pandemic so if you think about that that is all, no divorce yeah, you know when you think about all these things because god is gonna destroy all of that purge all of that and wipe our tears just think about the father wiping our tears just that to show you how compassionate and relatable and kind that he will wipe away our tears. You know, you look at a little child and you wipe that little tear, yeah, God yeah. will wipe our tear. And that is mm -hmm. why the three angels' messages, as I said, it is the gospel. It is a it is the fulfillment of what Jesus um, spoke in, in Matthew 24, verse 14, where he said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness and for the witness. end. So the yeah. three angels' messages is a fulfillment of what Jesus oh. has spoken. Amen. Amen. Well, Every time you get on here, it's like another sermon. Love it. <laughs> um, I, I just want to jump in on, um, you said something profound about what I guess a lot of us didn't know about. Queen Jezebel, her daughter, Ashtelai, is that her Athaliah. name? Athaliah. Yeah, what, what's up with this, this disruption of the bloodline? That, that was so, man, I'm telling you, this is a very powerful, and I know I could take it a little deeper than, but because of church and the time we had to put that, but this is something that, um, during my studies, I've came across this years ago, like studying about Athaliah. So just quickly, there are two, the, the kingdom of Israel was, was, was split, you know, right. after, after Solomon, you know, it was split where 10 tribes, you know, mm -hmm. ruled and, and that the 10 tribes, which was the Northern kingdom, it went into captivity in 722 BC by the Assyrians. So mm -hmm. they had like from that tribe, the 10 tribe, there were different Kings. They ruled for about 350 years, but it was not one family, not one bloodline. They had different, different Kings, but the Southern kingdom, which, Judah, the kingdom of Judah, which Messiah would come, one right. bloodline, one family, one family throughout the successively, you know, they come down through the family. There was this king 
So Athaliah was the daughter of Jezebel and Ahab, which were from the northern kingdom. And they were, Athaliah was married to Jehoram, Jehoshaphat's eldest son. And they had a son whose name was um, Azaziah. He was the king, um, Ahaziah, Ahaziah. Mm -hmm. And he was the king. So when he died, when Jehu killed him, Mm. He had what his mother did, Ataliah, with Jezebel's daughter. She just went and massacred. She saw the opportunity to just massacre all of her grandsons, except for one that was hidden, Joash, that was hidden. And so I said this in the context of the three angels' message about the rivaling, that there is a spirit of feminism that yeah. is radical, it is demonic, it seeks to emasculate. The enemy seeks to usurp himself because if he had, if Athaliah had come and stayed in the bloodline where Messiah would not come because she's a woman, she can't bear, uh, uh, um, um, she was like maybe past that age of, of having another yeah, child. That yeah. was not how it's supposed to have been. It was supposed to come through the male ear successively through David coming down. So she literally was there. She reigned for six years. I said that because I know that it's important for women to get equality. I, I believe yeah. in gender equality. I believe in you know equal rights, equal pay. But when it gets to a point where we have this rival, a part of the rival gospel, where there is a narrative to emasculate men, yeah. to to psychologically castrate men. I'm telling mm. you that there's a there is a psychological castration to make yeah. them passive and weak. This was what used to happen with the the, the Baals and the Asherah that At, um, um, Ataliah and Jezebel that they served. That yeah. was one of the number one agenda for them to render the men as eunuch, to castrate them. They're, a part of the ritual at that time is literally that the men through their rituals, the priests, they would sometimes castrate themselves. So it is the same thing that through, through the successive generation we find now we have in our society, in our culture, there's a narrative at times that attacks men like, you know, a man can't do this or a man can't do that or the role of men is, 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 is eroded or being blended, we are women. But God wants men and women to operate in the role that he made. He made a woman to be his helpmate, his equal, not for a man to be superior of a woman, but we find now where you're living in this culture where I see for myself personally, where a man is challenged, you know, in his home, he's challenged. And as the people of God, we need to recognize that, that there is good to equality because God wants justice for his people, but we have to have eyes to see that There are times when the enemy will pervert the culture to um, promote a narrative Mm -hmm. that is so insidious that it gets into home to sow chaos and to sow confusion. Because this is where the Babylon piece comes, as as I tell you about the psychological castration where men are feeling so emasculated in their homes, where, you know, you find a lopsidedness sometimes with so many other things, social ills. Mm-hmm. So we have to be on the lookout as Christians to say, 
it does this match up this does this match up to the word of god you yes. know is my attitude right so even as i said it is filtered this rival gospel it has infiltrated all the systems of the world the educational system the commerce everything and is in our church Yes. So as Christians of God, that is why the three angels messages that I anchored, it's back to the altar, it's back to surrender, it's back to confession, it's back to humility, it's back to allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and to give you the spirit of discernment and to show us as Christians to keep ourselves pure. Because if we're not, the Bible did say, if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. They will be deceived. You're exactly right. Um, last thing you talk, uh, well, you homed in on the altar a bit. You talk about the altars at the home and, and why people are building their own altars, uh, and why people are sacrificing themselves, uh, for what promotions and riches and glory. Why is that still going on? <laughs> why is that still going on? Because we live in a world where people have become so self-absorbed. Remember, uh, I think I preached a couple a while back where I talked about how people are so in love with themselves that, you know, like yeah. a Johnny Bravo, look at yeah. me, look at you looking at me, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it must be great being you looking at me, you know, yeah. so, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So people, you know, people have become so self-absorbed where you know, they're being in motivated by selfish motives. They have underpinnings or underlyings or insecurities or not even insecurities, greed, avarice, where people wants to be self-actualized. If you look around, every what body wants to be the goat, the greatest of all time. As you notice, yeah, like yeah. that is where it's at. So there are mm. people who would do anything to be the goat, to be immortalized mm-hmm. in this world with a title to say, you know, they they are the number one in this. So guess what? They will you know, compromise their soul for success, for materialism. You have some people want to live in certain zip code. They, you know, they yeah, want to drive yeah. certain car and, you yeah. know, their kids have to go to certain things and not necessarily every, all of that is bad. It's when it's misaligned and misguided and, and, and it's all about them and never about God. Because God blesses us and he said he gives us the ability to get riches. It's yeah. when that rich becomes um, our God. Yeah. When it becomes our God. And then when we start to put our trust in all of that. And as I said, this is a part of that rival gospel where the solution is in myself. So, you know, most time those people tend to become very atheistic. They become agnostics because they don't believe anymore because because of the lifestyle they live in. And it's not just that echelon of society and those people. It happens to poor people also, right? Because, yeah. you know, they too, you know, are misguided in the sense that they they want this and, you know, they so they leave, you know, their um their their, their loyalty to God to get get it some other way. And so a lot of people are building these evil altars and not just from a monetary or material. Some people are building evil altars that are spiritual. They're burning yeah, sage, yeah. Incense, they're burning yeah. incense, and mm-hmm. they're, Lord, no, they're right, having yeah. certain kind of um, ritualistic seances. Uh, yes, seances, crystal balls, and Christians. Yeah. And they're telling you, okay, we're cleansing evil spirit and stuff. So they're actually open up, opening portals unto themselves. And that's why I was 
kind of sharing with parents to just be aware of the surrounding, like the spirit board, like the Ouija boards, you know, yeah. uh, the occultic practices. Be careful of some of the shows that they're you're they're they're allowing their children to mm-hmm. watch because these are literally many times these movie directors and stuff they have cast spells they have gone to you know actual people who work in sorcery and witchcraft to find out how to even direct these movies so sometimes you hear an incantation or someone making a you know some kind of chant and it's in another language you have to be very careful of your ear gate and eye gate because you will open yourself to possession and i'm not saying it from speculation it has been proven and shown that over the last three years, you know, with the, the pandemic, a lot of people who have lost loved ones, many mm-hmm. people, the church um, last year, I believe I shared that fact that in the UK, they I think it was a Baptist church that came out with a study that many people are turning to spirit medium mm. because they want to speak to their loved one. You know, one of our fundamental teaching is that, you know, that when you die, you're sleeping that the dead is not immortal. So we do not preach about the immortality of the soul. So you find that the part of the deception now, so where people are trying to conjure their their loved one and their loved one to bring them comfort. So all of this, I said, it's messed up. It's a messed up thing. So those are some of the altars. So the only altar that we should be bowing to is the altar where Jesus Christ is. And I love that, 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 that the altar of sacrifice where he sacrificed for us the altar where he bled and died for us the altar where we give ourselves our all to him the altar where the bible said present your bodies as living sacrifices pleasing and holy to him for this is your spiritual act of worship and you know one part the appropriate worship spiritual act of worship Right. We give ourselves to him because in giving ourselves to him, the Bible says in first Corinthians six, verse 19, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit indwell in us. So purity dwells in us. He said, be he holy as I'm holy. The world is telling you, no, you can do anything you want to do. You know, you can shack up if you want to shack up. So as I said, everything rivals. And then you find that. At times, it is so seductive, it seems like it's almost harmless, you know, because you have people say, what's wrong if I just love someone, you know? You know, I can love whoever I want to love. And I and I would just say, well, let's just back it up a little bit, right? Love yeah. is God. God is the essence of love. So let's see if your love matches to God's love. God's love is pure. God's love is kind, is forgiving. I'm not judging anyone, but I'm just saying, Love is God, you know, and, you know, in first Corinthians, I tell you what love is. Love is pure. Love is kind. It's not puffed up. You know, yeah, it's, it's, not bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. That it's all of that. That is love. And God is love. And that's why he came to rescue us. This rebel planet, rebel people where Satan wants worship. The dragon wants worship. The beast want worship. And Christ is saying, worship God alone because those shall have no other gods but me. So when you give him your heart, he said, you know, those shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your soul. That means you're giving absolute worship to God. You are making him exclusively your God. Amen. Amen. For he's a jealous God. He is. He is. Well, we know who our deed holder is, right? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's a powerful one. That was a conversation you and I were having. And we talked about the deed holder. Who is holding the deed to your home? Yes. You may physically occupy that home, but if you are erecting evil altar, you don't own that home. Sure the deed holder owns that home. That means if the deed holder owns that home, it is the deed holder's jurisdiction and they're going to lead or influence. So you'll find some homes that are chaotic, abuse, you know, um, um, all kinds of things that are yes. just not um, conducive to having a healthy home. Why? Yeah. Because you have opened yourself to a, portal, to yeah. a, a portal or an influence or to the deed holder. And when I say deed holder, I'm talking about Satan. Of to bring all his influences in. But when you make your home like Joshua, as for mm. me and my house, Amen. we will worship God. The stamp print of God is on your house. So that, that Satan who's a thief and a liar who comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy, he can't get in. No. Because the blood of Jesus Christ, like that Passover blood, yeah, has yeah, saturated your home. The holy angels are guarding your home. So we have to be careful the altar that we are erecting so that we are not giving over our, our dominion, our power, to a power that definitely want to destroy us. He wants to cause divorce in the home. He want to cause yeah. the children to be messed up mentally. We want to erect right altars. And that is why it's important for parents, for, you know, whether you're single or you're a couple or your family or whatever, you, you know, your composition, that you are erecting your altar morning and evening. If you can sure. do it noon, you make sure because your altar can be, it, it, it's, a, it's a movable altar. Wherever yes. you go, you can pitch your altar. Just as the ancients of old, they, you pitch an altar and you're worshiping God. Worship God only. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sermon part two. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Well, I want to thank you for so much for coming as always. It's always a pleasure talking to you, wifey. And that's good. I can go home and talk some more. Isn't that nice? <laughs> well, I want to thank you for taking the time out. It's always a pleasure. And um, just, I like, I like that question. Uh, who's your Who's your altar? What's your altar? What do you, what do you, you know, what's going on with your altar? That, that's just a good question. What is going on with your altar? Because, you know, in the end, it's going to be Jesus Christ in the end. Yes. So thank you, sweetie. And if you could, just leave out a word of prayer. Yes, precious Father, Lord, we're so grateful for the three angel mess messages. We're thankful for the everlasting gospel, the gospel of grace, the gospel of love, the gospel of redemption, the gospel of restoration, the gospel of eternity. We thank you for Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for the listeners who would tune in. I pray, God, that this would be a life-transforming message, a reminder. I pray, Father, that you'll bring us back to the altar, the altar of grace, Lord the altar of sacrifice where you paid it all and because you paid it all God in our tribute to you Father that we'll give our lives to you that we'll bring, come to you he said you we, we should bring sacrifices of praise and so that we'll worship you that we'll be one with you that no matter what the enemy tries to do Lord to divert our attention to distract us that we will look to you the wonderful face your wonderful saving grace Father and what you have done for us bless the ministry bless 
bless the uh, podcast deeper dive father i ask that you bless those who are behind the scene who have faithfully lord serve and to keep this program alive may you just expand and give them territory god may you give them a listenership and increase in listenership and father god may we be a people a unique people to give that three angels message the mega the phone megale the loud voice the loud trumpet god so that the world will know that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun in jesus name we pray amen and amen thank you so much elder thank you so much i hope you have a wonderful evening and i'll see you soon i'll see and, you soon okay <laughs> and our podcast listeners we'll see you next week god bless remember go to the altar of god Amen. Amen.